Now, illegal tree planting has caused permanent damage to a sacred historic pass settlement on Owairaka, or Mount Albert, in Tamaki, Makaurau. Auckland Council's Tupuna Maunga Authority says 27 trees have been planted in the settlement without authorisation. The maunga is of huge significance to Ngā Mana Whenua, or Tamaki, Makaurau, and has, as of lately, been a source of some controversy with protesters against the felling on, of non-native trees, which started in 2020. The argument later ended up in the Court of Appeal. The Tupuna Maunga Kaifakahaere Nicholas Tūrua, though, joins us now. Tēnā koe, Mr Tūrua. Now tell us about these, plant, these illegal plantings. What happened? Tēnā uh, koe, Um So it looks like someone has planted um, 27 uh, trees. They were all native trees, Tarairi, uh, Pūriri and Tītoki. Um, where they've planted them, though, is actually on a, um unmodified area of the Maunga. Now, um, all Wairaka has unfortunately been a site that's been um, relatively um, extensively uh, modified through um, uh, quarrying, um, as well as a lot of um, trees being planted um, in all sorts of places. So the sites on that Maunga that um, are unmodified and have um, archaeological value remaining at site are, are incredibly precious, not only from a heritage perspective from for all of New Zealanders, but also from a cultural and spiritual um, perspective as these are some of the last remaining um, heritage sites of this sort of value in the whole of Tamaki Makoto. Mm. Um, some of these trees have been planted directly into middens, um, which is where you sort of see deposits of shell and sort of evidence of um, pre-European settlement on the Maunga. So that's um, a bit of a, a sad thing for us who, you know, work really hard to protect those types of things. Mm. And you, you put this out on Friday in a, in a media release. Have you had any leads or any information as to why th- th- people have done this? Um, no, we ha- we haven't had any leads um, and we're not really, you know, we're not in a sort of position to speculate. Um, my, my personal view is that we have this um, sort of culture in New Zealand of you know, thinking that we're doing the right thing by something as innocuous as planting trees, but in reality um, probably may, may not have been thought through in its entirety. Um, so that's led to um, someone you know, going down there and, and thinking they might be doing the, the right thing, um, but obviously has, has caused some damage. Um, the authority with its planting plans, you know, we work really hard with archaeologists, with um, ecologists to make sure that we're planting in places that have previously been modified or aren't going to do damage to known archaeological sites. So when we are planting near archaeological sites, you know, we look at different um, tree types and uh, plant types as well as techniques to to ensure that the, the root systems don't um, penetrate and, and do damage to archaeological sites if we're in, a, in their vicinity. Mm-mm. Sorry, we have to go, Nicholas, but just quickly, are the, are the trees still there or have you had to take them out? Uh, we've removed um, all of the trees. Um, we were able to successfully remove um, roughly about 24 without doing any damage to the trees, so they will be planted um, in the coming uh season in, in places where they can be planted, not necessarily on Wairaka, um, but we have had to um, cut at the stem uh, seven trees that we planted directly into mm. um, a, a midden site. So, oh. yeah.
Oh, well, horikai he, 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 mai, mai then. But um, thank you so much. That is Nicholas Tūrua Kaifakahaere or the Tsupuna Maunga Authority in Tamaki Makoto. It is 12.21 on Midday Report. Time for World Watch with Andrew McRae. Kia ora, Andrew, and thousands of residents have fled their homes in northern Victoria as floods rise to record levels. Uh, Kia ora, uh, The city of Shepparton is bracing as the Goulburn River approaches extremely high flood levels in the next few hours. The nearby town of Marukna is isolated and Echuca is under an, ev- an evacuation order as the Campaspe River and also the Murray Rivers rise. As the ABC's John Daly reports, locals are stunned and heartbroken by the extent of the region's worst flooding in decades. This is not a river, guys. This is the backyard of... As it became too late to evacuate for residents in Shepparton and surrounding towns, the rising Goulburn River cut power, roads and access to thousands of homes. Samantha Jeffress managed to escape the flooding in Marupna, staying at a nearby farm with her two kids. Emotionally draining, just knowing that I can't help my community and probably the best thing I can do is walk away and be safe until it's safe to go back and then I can help. We've got quite a few people (laughs) all congregated where I'm staying and um, everyone's just, we feel hopeless, hopeless and emotional and yeah, but it's going to be harder on the other side. Authorities issued too late to leave warnings for Marupna, Orvale, Shepparton, Kayala West and Murchison in Victoria's north. Elsewhere, residents in Echuca, Rochester and Charlton were urged to flee for higher ground. Greater Shepparton Mayor Shane Sali says the floods have devastated the region. Yeah, significant impact right across parts of Greater Shepparton, and in particular Marupna and Shepparton have been heavily impacted. They're heavily populated areas in our community and, and they've been hit really hard at this particular point. Now, has the community faced flooding to this extent before? Uh, not to this extent. When waters recede, Marupna resident Samantha Jeffress says the community faces a hard recovery. We'll be pulling up our sleeves and, and getting in there to, to help. The federal government is opening its former quarantine centre, the Mickleham facility, to house stranded residents from tomorrow. And almost 10,000 Victorians have already applied for disaster relief payments. John Daly reporting. The Chinese President Xi Jinping says Beijing would not renounce the right to use force in order to take control of Taiwan, which Beijing considers part of China. In his opening address to the Communist Party Congress, President Xi also stressed the need for continued economic development, despite signalling there won't be an easing of a zero-COVID policy that's led through repeated mass lockdowns and a slowdown in the economy. The BBC's Stephen McDonnell reports from Beijing. Xi Jinping entered the Great Hall of the People as a leader confident that he enjoys unchecked power. But what many wanted to hear from him was whether COVID lockdowns and travel restrictions might soon be eased. The short answer, no. People's lives come first. We will not waver in our zero COVID policy. There was no acknowledgement of the pain this country has suffered as cities have shut down for months on end, nor the rising youth unemployment as businesses close their doors. The epidemic has really hit the economy, and I was hoping to hear new policies to help people. If we could find a job, we wouldn't be studying for a master's degree right now. 
on matters of great international concern. Mr Xi said he wouldn't rule out taking Taiwan by force. China considers the self-governing island part of its territory and military drills have accompanied rising tensions in recent months. He also defended the Hong Kong crackdown, which he said had restored order. A few days ago, protest banners were hung off a Beijing bridge calling for Xi Jinping's removal. There's always increased security in the city when these big political meetings happen. But this time round, these bridges are being guarded round the clock. And seeing these guard stations is probably the closest most people come to engagement with the Congress. When this meeting finishes in a week's time, Xi Jinping will have moved into a historic third term in office, the most powerful Chinese leader since Mao Zedong. Stephen MacDonald reporting. And BBC reporter Cecilia Hatton listened to President Xi's speech. This speech is really representative of what Xi Jinping has been moving towards for the past 10 years. You know, when he swung into power 10 years ago, we were all surprised at how his speech was very heavy on ideology. He seemed like a real communist true believer, unlike his predecessors who'd really emphasized economic growth. Over the past 10 years, we've only seen that emphasis on ideology, on political control, and on what she calls the need for the party's purification to continue. And so that's why in many ways this speech today, some might say it was really long on ideology, but short on substance, not a lot of detail in terms of what policies the party might be embracing in the next few years. Celia Hatton reporting. Britain's new Chancellor Jeremy Hunt is insisting that the Prime Minister Liz Truss is still in charge. That's despite a series of major economic U-turns. It comes as speculation grows among her fellow Conservative MPs whether she can remain as leader. Mr Hunt has signalled possible tax rises and he's planning spending cuts, at least in real terms. The BBC's Ben Wright reports. Behind the gates of the Prime Minister's country retreat, Liz Truss met her Chancellor. Not unusual in normal times, but these are not. Jeremy Hunt has been sent in to urgently rewrite the government's economic strategy. So who has the power now? The Prime Minister's in charge, and I think it's, in, yeah, I think it's important... Some Tory MPs think Liz Truss needs to go. Her Chancellor had this warning to his party. When I talk to my constituents in south-west Surrey, what they want is stability, and the worst thing for that would be more political instability at the top, another protracted leadership campaign. I think that's the last thing that people really want to happen. But some of Mr Hunt's colleagues are still seething about the government's now-abandoned plan for unfunded tax cuts. Over the past few weeks, the government has looked like uh, libertarian jihadists and, and treated the whole country as a kind of laboratory mice in which to carry out... kind. Of Scenes of riot police and firefighters rushing to the prison did little to calm people's fears. For the inmates' families, it's pure panic. They rushed to Evin, clogging the roads with traffic, trying to find out if their loved ones were safe. But Evin is also known for housing hundreds of political prisoners, as well as dual nationals, which is what prompted this tweet by Ned Price, the US State Department spokesperson. We are following reports from Evin prison with urgency. We are in contact with the Swiss as our protecting power. Iran is fully responsible for the safety of our wrongfully detained citizens who should be released immediately. The incident will likely lead to further scrutiny from abroad. This is what US President Joe Biden said when asked about the fire. The Iranian government is so oppressive. 
you can't have anything but an enormous amount of respect for those people marching in the streets. And it will add to the anger within the country as protests continue in more than a dozen cities. In Nardabil, they were throwing stones at authorities over the weekend, shouting death to the dictator, a reference to Iran's supreme leader. The security forces are still clamping down on dissent. It's now been more than a month since the protests began. They're still led by women and schoolgirls, but also involve people from all walks of life. And amidst a crackdown by the government and internet blackouts, it's clear the dissent is far from over. That's Ejidae Mashiri. Ethiopia's northern region of Tigray is running out of essential supplies in the face of a massive onslaught by Ethiopian and Eritrean troops. The African Union has joined international voices calling for an end to hostilities and a recommitment to peace talks. Turkey has denied involvement in an incident where Greece found 92 illegal migrants close to its northern border with Turkey over the weekend. Greek police rescued the group who were discovered naked and were believed to have crossed into Greek territory from Turkey illegally. Turkey has called on Greece to stop manipulation and dishonesty. And Greece has urged Turkey to respect the 2016 deal with the European Union in which Ankara agreed to contain the flow of migrants to Europe in exchange for billions of euros in aid. And that is uh, World Watch for today. Back to you, Mani. Tēnā koe, Andrew and Koina te purongo o te pautu tanga mo te